I've been looking forward to this one, as one does with segments. You see when you think, oh, that's going to be a good one. Uh, they are. But this one I've been looking forward to. Laughter, of course. Everyone loves to laugh. I hope you had some good laughs over the long weekend that you got together with people people you love, people you like to get along with, and had a few chuckles here and there. So this was all uh, started when I, I think lots of people have seen this video. Uh, it's a video that was taken out. It's a show that was shot a while back. I think it's 2016, 2017. It goes back a while now. But a French TV show in France brought together a group of guests, all with unique laughs, and asked them some very basic questions about how it had affected their lives. Um, now, the audience laughs, but it's really the guests who do most of the laughing. Uh, and, it, and that's not why it was so memorable. What really stood out was just how much they laughed not at each other, but with each other. Have a listen. <laughs> Célibataire, c'est pas à cause de votre rire. J'espère pas. Non. Now you have to p picture that that is a bit like like it, almost like a like a you know a Oprah setup. It's about nine of them sitting around, just all sitting in their chairs. And the questions, I mean, the question that was asked there was, "Do you feel like your laugh has has prevented you from me? Is why you're still single?" And he says, "I hope not." So there wasn't much that was particularly funny about that, but they just they they had each other going, and they were laughing with each other to such an extent that, of course, it it turns into sort of this classic moment on television. Um, and yeah, it just got us thinking about people have different laughs and you all have that one friend who has a, has a more uh, different laugh than others that you'll remember always. Or, and sometimes even you do things. If you find something really funny, sometimes you snort, you make funny sounds. Apparently we try to minimize that. Even in social situations, we, we rarely let ourselves laugh the way we would laugh if we really let ourselves laugh, if that makes any sense. Um, so it got us thinking about laughter. Why do we laugh differently? How do we adapt it to different social situations and so forth? So joining me now is Greg Bryant. He's a professor and chair in the Department of Communication at the University of California at Los Angeles, or UCLA, and he is an expert on the nature of laughter. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. So you too have seen this clip spreading around again. It is quite a... Uh, it is quite the quite the scene. It's 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 a pretty pretty incredibly. I can't help everyone can't help but laughing while watching it. Why is that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's really a mystery at some level of why laughter is so contagious um, in general. But I think this clip in particular is interesting for people because of the unusual nature of the laugh. So um, one laugh in particular, I think, is extremely unusual, and it's like a tone. Yeah, um, it's like a honking tone sound. I mean, it's actually kind of hard to figure out which one of them is producing it. And I think the person that's producing it is trying to hide it a little bit. But um, then you have some other unusual laughs. There's ones that's like a seagull. And then another one has a low pitched laugh. And when they all happen together, it just has this wonderful quality that is just it, it, it causes it's a trigger for us to laugh. And it's not totally clear why that 
particular vocalization is contagious is in the way it is though a lot of vocalizations are contagious in different contexts so yeah. babies cry when they hear other babies cry we laugh when we hear laughter um and emotions are contagious in general yeah, it was like a symphony of laughter right which is uh which yeah you can't you can't beat that so why is it that we laugh differently? Why is it that each of us has just much as much of us have unique voices that we also have unique laughs? Yeah, I'm, again, there's not a lot of research um, really looking at um, how different characteristics of a person um, are associated with their laughter style. But I think that we can say pretty safely that it's due to a bunch of different variables, including the sound of your voice is obviously going to be um, something. The The way that you express yourself emotionally has to do with the personality. You can be an extrovert or an introvert. Um, different personality characteristics are going to contribute to the way you you communicate with your voices and your face and your body and everything. Um, so I think a lot of it's just about unique personalities um, are going to um, cause you know, unique characteristics in a, in a behavior like laughter, which is um, also a very important interpersonal signal where your unique aspect is important part of the signal. Yeah, I think at one point in some studies that a study that you conducted that you people could actually tell other people's laughs easier than they could tell other people's voice in some way they could distinguish each other by the way someone was laughing uh, more quickly than than faster than their voices like that that's how distinctive it is um i think you're referring to the work of nadine levon and carol um carolyn mcgettigan right. in the uk and um i you know i think the result is actually the other way around oh, was it okay people can't tell individual identity from spontaneous laughs right but they can tell it better from volitional laughs, which are more associated with your spoken voice. Right. Um, but as soon as you start expressing, it's the, the the spontaneous laugh is produced by a different system in our brains that is linked to uh, um, emotional vocalizations that non-human animals produce. And th that kind of production results in a signal that is hard to identify the individual. We do adapt our laugh, though, depending on the situation. And and I guess we're, we're reticent sometimes to let our, our true laugh come out. There are definitely going to be situations where we want to actually express ourselves in a more genuine way. And then, like you said, there's a lot of different kinds of laughs. So um, if we're producing volitional laughs in conversation, a lot of those times, they're, they're not emotionally stimulated. They're more like... Um, like when you nod during a conversation or you say, uh-huh, uh-huh, like you're, you're giving feedback that you understand what somebody's saying. Um, and so laughter can function that way. And then and it's produced by the speech system, which is, you know, controlling how we produce language. And so it has different kinds of acoustic characteristics. But what we do, in fact, um, really laugh, um, I guess as we get older, we also try to, I mean, I think we saw a bit of that uh, on that, TV show as well that people do try to muffle their true laughs, regardless of how unique they are, because it is a bit of a let loose environment, right? Yeah, you make yourself vulnerable because you're revealing something about your emotions that um, you know may not always be the smartest thing to do in an in ordinary communicative situations. And then these people, and so what I was going to say before is that um, you know these people have very unique um, laughs, and those stick out. So you remember that. 
right? So you, everybody's got the friend that has the crazy laugh, and you you know you can hear it at a distance. You're like, I know they're at this I party. Can, I can hear I can it now. Them. I can hear it now. Yeah, right, exactly, but but yeah. most of us don't have a laugh like that, and so it's not a unique thing that distinguishes us particularly. But it does give information about your emotional state, and um, and that makes you vulnerable at some level. We could also, and, and you've looked into this as well. We really can tell when a laugh is genuine. Right. People are pretty good at it. I mean, you know, there's um, what we in evolutionary biology is called an arms race. So there is the the ability to um, send a reliable signal and then there's ability to, to deceive. And then there's on the other hand, there's detection of a reliable signal and detection to deceive. And so um, people can produce what sounds like a real laugh, even though it's not. But then uh, judges are also pretty good at detecting it, but not perfect. Right. And so there are plenty of cases where people can be fooled. Yeah. what Laughter is the best medicine, I've always heard. Is, is that true? Is that true? Well, there is there is a whole research area looking at the health benefits of laughter. And then there are movements like laughter yoga, where people um, um, have methods for eliciting um, laughter in people that then can have positive effects on their health. And there is some there's there's some evidence that it can have benefits like reducing blood pressure and um, boosting your immune system and, and stuff like that. But I, I think that's a side effect of just the positive interaction um, and emotion that is associated with it. Um, but yeah, there, I think it can be, it's beneficial. It's good for you. It's also probably decent exercise. If you're laughing vigorously, it's, it actually makes you tired. It does. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever been to a really funny movie or a really funny comedy show or had just had a really good laugh, yeah, you're you're actually physically tired. You know, you, you feel sure. it. It's, yeah. It's uh, uh, what about in, inappropriate laughter? That's always been one that comes up, too. I, I guess it's mm -hmm. a sign of nervousness, but it is one of those things that uh, laughing at inappropriate times can often be a bit of a social stigma. Absolutely. I mean, for one, I think it could be evidence that you have some kind of social deficit i mean that it's a cognitive deficit where um you might produce inappropriate behaviors including laughter um it, it it's a particularly bad one for in some circumstances because it can it can signal indifference to a situation where you should be concerned you know or um you, you know you're it's you're not respecting the situation or you're not respecting an individual and so um, you know, if you're laughing in court or you're laughing at a funeral or something, but it also could be an adaptive response to a, a difficult situation. So people do make jokes in inappropriate circumstances. Um, you know, people that deal with traumatic situations on a regular basis have inside jokes with one another that they use as a coping mechanism. And that shouldn't be seen as as something negative about the people. I think it's just an adaptive response. So there are different kinds of inappropriateness. And, um, you know, it depends on the situation. Yeah, there's always that's actually a newsroom phenomenon that's had to be looked at a lot of late is that sort of uh, jokes being told in newsrooms about tragic situations because it was a coping mechanism, clearly yeah. inappropriate, but had to be reviewed over time because it was seen by others as being who weren't part of it as being inappropriate. Definitely. I mean, if it's outside of the context, people don't understand why somebody might produce that kind of behavior. And then it seems cold. So, so as a as a as a parting uh, shot, not a parting shot, but as a parting view of that video, uh, I guess it's always good to be reminded that laughter is infectious, and that uh, some people have different laughs, but uh, we should laugh with them, uh, not at them. Absolutely, no doubt about it. We should all be laughing more in general. <laughs> Craig Bryant, thanks so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure.